Welcome to the Unproblematic Podcast. I'm Ariana. And I'm Kaylee. And we are two 20-something Midwest friends who have a lot to say. The podcast talks about life, college, travel, feminism, social justice, relationships, and of course, literature and writing. Come join us on our podcasting journey. In this episode of Unproblematic, we're going to explore television's obsession with the stalker trope, especially as it relates to uh, men stalking women and how that is perceived in television. For this episode, we have special guest speaker, Austin, people for the people. Say hello, Austin. What's going on? I'm here. Simple as that. The review for this week, all three of us are going to talk about a book that we're reading and something funny that happened this week. So our guest speaker, Austin, can go first. All right, we're getting right into it. So I suppose the other day I was longboarding to class, as I usually do. But on this day particularly, there was a lot of ice on the ground, you know, naturally. It's Michigan. And we're, I'm approaching this intersection to get to my building. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to let these cars go through before I make them hit the brakes and ruin their day. I put my foot down to slow down, hit the patch of ice, and perfectly fall backwards on my back. But it didn't even hurt. Like, I'm like, wow. I hop up immediately out of shame. Like, I don't want people to see me. But the longboard's rolling through the intersection. And nobody even, like, they're just watching it roll through. It starts turning. I'm like, what? Like, you think it goes straight, but it starts turning right. It starts banking right. And it rolls up perfectly into the snow bank. I'm running after it. I'm just, like, waving at people. I'm like, go, go through. I'm waving them through the intersection. You know what? I, I felt like a champ. It didn't even hurt because I've had some bad falls. You landed that's... on your back and it didn't hurt? Yeah, it's like perfectly like, I guess it was kind of my side. You know, like kind of landed inside the thigh and the back, you know, hits. Oh, at I least kind of... yeah. that didn't hit your head. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah, no. I've had some bad falls. Oh, no. Um, and what are you reading right now, Austin? Oh, what am I reading? Oh, what am I reading right now? I started reading Cat's Cradle by Vonnegut, but yes. I'm always going to plug my boy Brandon Sanderson. He's the number one fantasy author right now. Uh, if he make if he plays his cards right, he's gonna be the number one author of all time. Check out his what? book. Yes, <laughs> that's such a broad statement. No, it's true. I can't explain it until you read the books. But start. I'd say start by reading Mistborn, The Final Empire, and if you don't love it, something's wrong with you. But talk. <laughs> but talk about Cat's Cradle because that's what you're reading. Okay, what so like I'm not that deep in it right now. It seems I'm not sure I understand Vonnegut. It seems like he's he kind of, he's kind of talking about nothing right now. With Cat's Cradle, it's about this author who's writing a book about the day the atomic bombs were dropped on Japan. And he's just getting, like, personal anecdotes from random people. or someone who worked on the bomb, some people who are just going to school. And it's just kind of a lot of nonsense right now. Like, I'm not sure where this is going. It seems like this book is kind of pointless so far. Hmm. Okay, so you met the scientist, and he makes the cat's cradle. Yeah, and he's like, he scares his son. Yeah. And he's like a very terrible father he doesn't help these kids at all yeah there you see the parallels towards the the end but like a Vonnegut book it's sort of like it doesn't follow a normal linear pattern like with most books as like things develop it's like you're following a step-by-step event Mm -hmm. but with Vonnegut it's like you're like the picture's gaining definition almost at the same time okay because it goes outside of time oh he thinks he's so clever because he's unstuck in time that's like he is that's his genius it's so meta it's very meta, but yeah. Anyway, I'm very happy you're reading Cat's Cradle. Okay, Ariana's turn for funny stories. Oh my gosh. Books that she's reading. I actually do have a funny story now that I thought about it. So this past week, I was driving my roommates around and it had gotten, it had snowed the night before. And I'm a safe driver overall, but for some reason that day, 
I don't know what happened, but we were driving on the highway, <laughs> and I thought that we had hit, like, a little patch of ice, a little patch, and I turned the wheel a little bit, and we, like... <laughs> you hit the ice, so you turned the wheel. <laughs> no, Ariana. And it was, like... <laughs> I lost my five seconds of a pure mess like it wasn't even that the roads were bad they were cleaned off it's, i don't even know what happened one minute i'm driving straight and the next i swerved for a hot second that's but, it you just swerved you didn't spin out you didn't no spin out. no no but i just remember because my roommates were talking crap saying why would you do that you're so dramatic <laughs> oh the look on their face oh good times Okay, so... Oh, but I, what I'm reading, I forgot. Um, I'm still reading Just Mercy. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm still getting through it. I. There's a movie about that. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. see it afterwards. I, I heard it was really, really good. So I hear. Yeah. I guess we got to go see it, because uh, finally, a movie buddy who does not talk oh in my the gosh. film. But that's, I that's I just a... respect cinema, unlike some of these people. Wow, you know? I'm so hurt. <laughs> so hurt. But anyway, let's get into Kaylee's story of the week hers is hers honestly tops all of ours okay so i work at a tax services office and most of my coworkers (laughs) are baby boomers caucasian baby boomers and sorry boomer boomer. um but this one lady that i work with she can't walk um (laughs) she can't walk she uses a walker to get everywhere but that wouldn't you know be an issue at all except like she needs to walk for her job what if she listens to this podcast i don't think she has the technology for it i think she still uses a pager so i think we're gonna be fine maybe that's what she wants but you to think. maybe i you would be get blown into away the story so it but, doesn't okay. sound like you were laughing at that so okay no no because no. that is not the funny part it is that it is, is not, not funny because honestly i like this lady a lot and i really do not mind helping her out with most things at all but the other day she calls me over and she's like caitlin caitlin because she'll call me several different things other than kaylee to get my attention and she goes i dropped that mint on the floor by the trash could you pick it up i can't get down there and i just kind of laughed and i'm like are you kidding me and she's like the mint kaylee (laughs) or i'm sorry not kaylee she didn't get it right she was like the mint caitlin and (laughs) it doesn't even sound real i know i didn't mint it didn't feel real. The mint. And there the was mint. there was a client in the lobby Are and you she's stupid. Yeah. Lady? She's like the mint. Obviously. So yeah, it, it felt like a very Devil Wears Prada moment, Imagine except being that client in the lobby and you just hear the mint, Caitlin. Yeah. The mint. It was very awkward because then I had to take care of the client too because Wait, Mary there was a client? Go. Yeah, sitting in the lobby. While she was telling me, get down. And listen, I wouldn't think it was that big of a deal either, but there's this puppy, like a dachshund puppy at our work, and it just pees and poops all over the floor. Like, they never take it outside. So it'll just, like, 
And it likes to poop like right on the front stairs where clients come in. Enabling toxic behavior. Yeah. So sometimes the client comes in and I'm sitting at the desk. I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? What can I do for you? And they're like, um, just so you know, there's some dog poop on the stairs of the lobby. And I'm like, oh, well, thanks for letting me know. Very classy staff. Right. It, it, yeah. So that, that was my funny story of the week being told to get on the dog piss carpet and pick up a mint. So the mint, Caitlin. The mint. <laughs> that that was that. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still reading the girl who smiled beads. I like it. <laughs> Overall, we all had eventful weeks. <laughs> all right, as we get further in this episode, we're gonna start exploring tropes in popular media that honestly amount to basically stalking, but they're so commonplace throughout our movies and television that people don't really question them. They actually celebrate them, and it's pretty problematic if you think about it. Yeah, so probably the best example of this would be Twilight. And I never really saw this as something super romantic because I didn't watch it as a teenager. I watched it just last year and I couldn't get over the heavy green filter that made everybody's noses disappear. So I never really saw it as something attractive. I but you were looking at me as you said Twilight. Well, you, you watched was, Twilight yes, when you were in junior it, high. Yeah, good old middle school. But one thing, yes, it's it's they romanticize it very well because if you watch the if you rewatch it when you're older you're like wow this is actually very creepy because I mean Edward's like I like watching you at night there's a yeah, number of no, things absolutely. problematic like let's be real what is she 17 yeah and he's what several hundred years old and they get married after high school he's following her around and he's being a creep right. why is he why is he hanging around high schools in the first place yeah pretty questionable well he's hanging but. around high schools because he he doesn't age and he looks like he's 17. Okay, but let's be real. If I was turning into a vampire when I was 16, would I want to be hanging out in a high school 100 years from now? Yeah. No. Would no, you no, want no. an old man in a high in a high school even if he had a very very young body, you know? The, like that's weird. The point is there's a it's, number of things questionable about Twilight, but one of them is the fact that he kind of just follows her around and is being creepy throughout this whole movie. And she, we kind of just accept it. Right, yeah, like she's just, oh, that's so cute. You're watching me while I slept. I think you're the one for me. And you know what's even more problematic in the second film, New Moon? When he leaves, that's when she loses it. Like, mm-hmm. right, that, yeah, that's messed I that's up. Very toxic. I remember the scene, I, I rewatched them like a year ago. I actually watched them the first time like a year ago. And there's a scene where they're out in the forest. Like, he's like, you know what I am. You know what I could do to you. Say it. And it's, it's so creepy. It's like... I forgot about Oh, my God. It's basically saying, like, you know I'm dangerous. I could straight up kill you and murder you right now, but you still want me, and I'm still following you around. Yeah. Just accept it. Very <laughs> questionable. It's kind of strange. I'm just saying. How romantic. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, you're right. That is very messed up. <laughs> I never want to go so watch these horrible up. movies. And, and the fact that when he leaves, she loses it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you should not be with somebody... If they freak out losing you, you should be with someone who's okay losing you. Yeah, that's that's healthy. It's dependence. They're developing dependence. Yeah, exactly. Codependence. Mm -hmm. That's the word for it, for sure. But it also shows that she was not whole as a person before, during, or after the relationship fell to crumbles. Right. And and okay, it's high school, but I think it's interesting that we had like our generation had Twilight when we were younger and then 50 shades came out now that we're older it's a trend. and it's, it's a trend. It's that same mm-hmm. kind of power dynamic of like, 
of being creeped on and stalked and controlled and and people just manipulated. kind of accept this. We see this trope in movies, popular movies like Passengers, a Terminator, Beauty and the Beast, even Spider Man in some ways. Like people, society just accepts stalking as kind of this romantic gesture, and it's weird in real life. Of course, it's weird and creepy, but when we watch it on TV and movies, we're just like, oh, that's great. Right, and. I want to talk about um, something from Shakespeare, actually, because this trope has been a lo- around a long time. Uh, and one of the first things that come to mind for me is Taming of the Shrew. Because you, might, you may not think stalking mm-hmm. when you think of that play, but it is definitely manipulation and control. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the whole point of that play is that there's this woman who is sassy and independent and has her own personality and they call her a shrew because she can't get married because no one wants to be with someone who has their own personality. God forbid. (laughs) God forbid. And so like this man comes up with this bet to like get her to listen to him and to subdue her and all of this stuff. And the whole play ends with the woman who was the shrew, quote unquote, uh, giving this speech to all the other ladies, basically telling them, like, serving your husband is the best thing that you can do. It's what we were put on this earth now for. Now that is problematic. Yeah. I've ever heard it. Pretty problematic. Well, like, now that you said that, like, it reminds me of uh, the movie After. I remember seeing He, that. like, placed a bet on, uh, he, like, betted with his friend saying, oh, I, I, could, I bet you I could get this girl to fall in love with me. And, like... And you realize that, like, he started, like, hanging around her for all the wrong reasons. But then, like, by the end of the movie, they try to have you root for the couple, even though you know he did a horrible thing and pretend to like her. And at the end, like, when the girl finds out, she's angry. And then, like, the movie makes it look like it's her fault when it was him being the creepy one finding out what she likes and dislikes so that they can hang out around each other. That's one thing I, I always never like about these romantic comedies, these movies, is they, throughout the entire movie, it's just toxic behavior and it's yep. just the people doing the stupidest things ever and you're like, wow, I wish they would just get what they deserve. And then in the last 15 minutes, they do one good act and they're like, okay, everyone gets a happy ending. Yep. They're all good people. I'm like, no, no, I can't accept that. You know? it, yeah, it's bad writing. It, it's just, it's very bad. It's very toxic. Lazy. But then, yeah. Because then, like, um, the modern version of Shakespeare, uh, Taming of the Shrew, is 10 Things I Hate About You. Because Taming of the Shrew then became Pygmalion um, a couple decades later. And then Pygmalion then became 10 Things I Hate About You, which hmm. was in the 90s. And I think it's so interesting because they sort of, like, they make her a feminist, you know, so they're they're either just outright saying like feminists are undesirable and they're shrews, mm-hmm. or they're sort of ironically playing on that fact that like it's a very anti-feminist narrative, but they don't really they don't change the narrative enough to actually make it worth it. You know, because they try to make her a feminist, but she like loses her feminism when she decides that she loves him. So it's like you have to give up your independence and your personality as a woman in order to be in love with somebody. It's almost stating that feminists are just women that haven't found someone to love yet. Right. Which is so problematic. Mm -hmm. Like, very problematic. (laughs) Ironic, really. Yeah, because, well, I think one of the most ironic things about toxic relationships is in the act of putting the relationship first, you're actually destroying it because it's not healthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for the other person. Like people who date someone without personalities, it doesn't end up working out for them. You know, like it's, it's bad for you because you get everything you want and it doesn't challenge you or help you grow. 
And it kind of reminds me also of like when people get in relationships and completely cut off and isolate um, their friends and family from them. Like, what if you what if you were to break up? What are you going to do then? You don't have anyone to lean on because you and the other person isolated from each other. This is a concept uh, I talk a lot a lot about in my communications courses and my speech uh, competitions. Is that TV, media, books? They like to portray like they have a broken person. And then they'll find love and they'll become fixed when in reality that is almost never the case. If you don't find self-fulfillment, if you don't better yourself before seeking these relationships, they're most certainly doomed to fail. You're not going to put it to putting two quote broken people together is not going to end well. Typically, I'd say just like love and Joe and you. <laughs> that was yeah. Nice. But then the ironic thing was like. He was looking for this perfect innocent Spoiler alert girl for season two of you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. But like, he was looking for this perfect, like perfect, innocent girl, and then when he found out she was not perfect nor innocent, he didn't want her anymore. Well, not innocent. Maybe she's still perfect. Though. Yeah. Okay. This is problematic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. So there are a lot of negative effects of this trope in media because it's so prevalent, uh, and. One of them, I think, is actually unrealistic expectations of men, where a lot of girls will go on a date with somebody, and he's like a very normal person. Because <laughs> as we know, men have it the worst off. I, dude, okay. <laughs> Especially like, white men. <laughs> all I'm saying is like, 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 girls think if someone's not obsessed with you, then they're not interested in you. And actually, if someone like is okay with you like saying that you're not interested then that probably means they're healthy if I you're do like see this trend on twitter where it's like if he's not chasing after you when you break up with him wasn't worth it i'm like you broke up with him why were yeah. you chasing after you if he's place? listening to what you said when yeah. you said you didn't want to be together like that what? just means that he respects your <laughs> right. opinion yeah. and also and he yeah and from someone who's had to block both people i date it because they didn't listen when i said no like oh you it's healthy if you like listen when someone says no and no means no yeah exactly and it creates unsafe situations for women obviously because it causes stress yeah because if someone's just like oh well they're just playing hard to get or she really likes me i just need to try a little harder i just need to talk her into it no why why do you want to be with someone that you had to talk into into liking you like it's not a good idea um and then like it creates this phenomenon where women aren't believed because they're not believed when they reject someone because it's like oh well you just want them to try harder you just want them to do this for you you just want them to earn your affection whatever but then like then they don't believe women in other ways too um and i think this leads me to something that's actually kind of serious but it's been something that's been on my mind for a while when i went to paris there were a lot of there was a lot of graffiti all over and it said femicide and i was really curious about what that was so i looked it up and i was just kind of like looking up like femicide graffiti paris and i guess there's there's like an epidemic in france right now with domestic violence where there's just hundreds of women being killed by their partners every year in france and obviously domestic violence is an issue that's across the world but i was really intrigued by this concept of femicide because it it's defined as women being murdered because they're women 
And I think that it's interesting because you have to make a couple of assumptions to get there. So for instance, with something like ethnic cleansing or genocide, there's not any doubt that like the reason that these people are being displaced is because another opposing group doesn't want them there. So for instance, like Nazi Germany with the Rwandan genocide, with um, the Israel-Palestine conflict, there's there's a group of people that is trying to get another group of people out, and it's very clear that race is why. However, what I think is interesting about femicide is that with gender, like you have to make the assumption that that there's a specific role in society that men want women to play. And when women don't live up to that expectation in some way, then the result is violence. And this isn't a new concept, like Susan Sontag talks about this a lot in her writing as well, but I just thought it was interesting. So, sorry, I just want to clear up the confusion. Are we saying, like, the uh, the perpetrators are kind of just, like, incels who are... No. Th- women didn't meet their expectations. What, 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 who are the... What are the perpetrators... What are the reasoning in their minds for this then? Why would they... Yeah, well, it's interesting you bring up incels because I think they would definitely fall into this category who would see women as needing to fit a specific role. But I think it's a lot more pervasive than that. It's um, because domestic violence is very widespread. And I think a lot of the young men and obviously like women who are perpetrators of domestic violence, I think they probably have several mental health issues as well. But I think that a big cause behind domestic violence is this expectation of women to be the emotional support for men and when they can't do that for one reason or another violence is the result because because women can't fix men's emotions for them that like it's just not possible and they shouldn't be expected to so that's what i think this concept of femicide came from like the assumption that women have these expectations of them, one of them um, carrying emotional burdens for their partners, and when they can't do that or they can't fulfill that need for some reason or another, that it's met with violence as a result. Getting back to this trope that can often lead to such violence, we have a couple of theories on why this may exist. Kaylee, what do you got? So one of the reasons that I think this is very successful in movies and especially in romantic comedies, which is sort of ironic because they sort of turn into horror movies when you have someone stalking somebody, when you really think about what's going on. But I think the main reason is that people like attention. People like the concept of being so appreciated and admired that someone would do anything for you. And that's kind of an appealing idea. If you cut out all the uh, the creepy stuff and you just get two hours of condensed love i guess if that's what you can call it call it love yeah something and typically it's not like a legitimate relationship it's like they see them once so it's pretty much that's what they try to make it look like though they try to make it look like a legitimate relationship in these right television shows and movies they view the person how they want them to be seen and when they realize that they're not the person who they can't imagine them to be then they're upset and then you is a perfect example he came up with this full vision of who love was and then when spoiler season two Thank you. And then when Love truly revealed who she was, he was like, "Oh, this, this, this is not the real you." But like, you didn't take the time to get to know the real her. You just kind I of thought put this... I knew the real you, but I didn't understand <laughs> you at all. This was a mistake. On to the next neighbor. <laughs> this was a okay. On to the next one. But yeah, so I think that's the reason it's so successful is because people want that attention. The other aspect of it is like there's an element to where people like the dangerous side of 
romance. Oh, you think people have like, a death wish? Yeah. Speak well, it's like the yourself. whole bad boy motorcycle, My Chemical Romance. Wow. <laughs> like, is that what bad boys know. are? My Chemical Romance. I don't know. I just yeah. make me sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I don't know. It's kind of gross when you really think about it. But like the whole vampires thing. Like, is he gonna kiss you or is he gonna bite you? Like. <laughs> I actually have a theory on why some of these tropes, these more dangerous ideals might be attractive to some people. Yeah, what's that? Uh, okay, might be calling some people out here, but just people living in rural areas where there isn't much going on. They go to work, they come home, they go to work, they come home, they eat, they sleep, they go to work, they come home. And they're just living kind of a complacent life where nothing much is happening. And even, like, they see the show and it's about stalkers and toxic love. They think, maybe to themselves, heck, even this is better than the dull life I'm living. You know what? I'd enjoy this. When you say it like that, it sounds so bleak. <laughs> it does. And I'm imagining this woman coming home and the guy is, like, passed out on the couch drinking a beer. And so she just sits down and, like, watches this show about, like, toxic love and I mean, this guy is stalking her if you were just living and, in the UP or the thumb and you go to work and right. you come back every day and you're living you're not having any excitement in your life Joel Goldberg probably seems like right. a good option <laughs> she's like I wish my husband would just get off his butt for me and this guy like tracks this girl all over mm-hmm. LA but he put it's, all that effort all that effort you built a glass box and killed a couple people for me, for me. so smart <laughs> He's, he's reading those he books. Reads. He's going on. He's living in New York City. I, That's yeah. kind of a good life, you know? Yeah. But, but it's not. Right. And But I think it speaks to the fact that people would rather have a toxic partner than an indifferent partner. Or no mm-hmm. partner at all. Or no partner Complacency at all, is just so dull and so right. it, unsatisfying right. that even danger seems exciting and fun. Right. And And I think maybe, okay, to be fair, like... Maybe the problem isn't the life itself. Maybe it's your attitude. Because I do think that our consumption of media has escalated so much to the point where we get bored a lot quicker than we would have. It could be. Before. It could be. It's it's, it's and, standpoint theory. People have different perspectives. For some people, a good life would be achieving, becoming supreme justice of the chief justice of the Supreme Court, and others is just getting a job, getting a family. And right, but like. But I think when you consume a lot of media that gets increasingly more violent and increasingly more volatile, you are entertained by less, too, you know? Because, like, I mean, you can kind of see it in literature over time, right? Like, Nathaniel Hawthorne used to write these long, descriptive essays about things, like in Moby Dick, and people would read that because they had an attention span for it. And now there's no, there's nothing like that. Like, even our books are a lot more terse and to the point, like Hemingway. You know, you know? I, I, so, but go you, ahead. But you were saying, like, it's people who live in rural areas, but it's not even that. It's just people who are uncontent, who are just right. aren't where they want to be. I wouldn't put it put them in a box where it's just oh it's just people who live in this. Type I say of it's common. I grew up in that environment. So it was easy for me to yeah right. see it. But it's that it's that phrase that most people live in quiet desperation, and I think about that a lot because it's so true. Because if you like really have a conversation with someone like a stranger, like there are a lot of old people at the place where I work, and sometimes I'll just talk to them and they'll like bring up like oh I wish I had done that or they'll like especially if their spouse is dead and they'll talk about that and just like. I don't know, people have, like, whole worlds going on inside, but it seems so monotonous on the outside, and I think it can be really hopeless. And you want to get really, Blake? 
I mean, yeah, we're oh, all there. We're gonna talk about femicide. Okay, so, so like, I'm gonna raise a question. I'm not sure what the answer is, but so. I feel like I live a good life. Like, I'm going to school. I'm doing my best. I'm getting the A's. I'm competing in tournaments. I'm working out. I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to achieve things. That's, that's all you can do is try your best. But why don't other people strive for this much? If people are tired of their pedantic, boring lives, what <laughs> stops them? It's safe. From joining forensics. <laughs> Not just that. It could be anything. It's Tr- safe, though. It's a, even... Even if they don't necessarily but, like where they're at, at least. But it's now we're contradicting ourselves. We're saying people don't like the safe. They want the danger. They want those stereotypes. They want those tropes. But they don't want them enough to actually achieve anything with their lives. Right. Well, I think that's why, like, they want to be the subject of that desire. You know, so it's like so someone else is actually doing the hard work mm-hmm. of chasing after you, and they you don't want to have agency yes. in their own life. They want to be a passive member. And right. have all the experiences come to them. Right. It, because really that's what it is with the stalker trope is like you want the other person to make all the choices for you. So you can't even really say no because they're just going to keep coming back. So it's sort of this like taking choice away from you really. You know, it, and it's kind of an interesting concept. And, and there is comfort in that. There's comfort in knowing that someone is always going to be there for you. That someone is always going to come back to you. And I think that's what people are looking for when there's some kind of stalker trope. You know, it, it's the comfort of knowing that they're they're not going to quit. And I suppose that's, that's what's attractive about the show. You, even though Joe Goldberg is killing people, stalking you, invading your personal space, you can see in his mind, and he, he kind of the way he thinks. It's clear that even though he's demented and insane, he still loves these people, whether it's toxic right. love or good love. He loves ideals. So you can almost rationalize his bad behavior because he's like, oh, he cares about them when it's something far more sinister. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, yeah. So this was kind of a, like, kind of a heavy topic for an episode. But um, we really wanted to have Austin because he likes film and he's obviously very flamboyant and a good speaker. Flamboyant. So, yeah, flamboyant. I mean, you can't see his hair, but he's flamboyant. Audacious. Audacious. They're synonyms, really. So flamboyant just yeah, got that but... negative connotation. You know what I'm saying? It, I, I watch too much was... film. Is what it comes down to. Sorry. I think about TV and stuff too much. Audacious. Um, Audacious. That's the adjective. Well, thank you so much for talking on this episode you definitely brought in a different perspective that's one thing i can say for sure (laughs) my pleasure uh yeah thanks signing off Mm, Peace. peace